It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Buzzworthy Radio is on. on the entertainment show that gets you up close and personal with today's hottest stars. Here's your host, Navelle J. Lee. Oh, my goodness. I <laughs> I cannot believe I am back to doing one of these again. I, I haven't done a live show in so long. But it, it's good to go home again, is what they say. I'm the Bell G. Lee. Welcome into the Buzz at Buzzworthy Radio. And I have a great guest for you guys right now. She's sitting with me right now on the other side of the phone here, Christina Wagner. How are you? I'm terrific. It's not so bad going live, is it? Never. It's just I, I've been so out of the element in so long. I, I haven't done a live show in about two years. They've all been pre-recorded, so it, it's it's so weird to finally be doing a a live show again. But I I, I you know what you know what why not why not great why welcome not? back oh, well thank you <laughs> and thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. You have been playing Felicia off and on since 1983. Four. 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 I thought it was 83 yeah. for some reason. Uh, 84. And your introduction was hysterical enough in my mind. I mean, look, you come on, you're you're looking like a boy, only it turns out that it, it's a girl. Right. <laughs> I was incognito, right. You were incognito, and, and you had so many memorable moments as Felicia uh, during your 29-year uh, run on the show. At what what stands out in your mind uh, from that point to now for playing this part? Is there anything that sticks um, out? Well, yeah, I think you know, just just the having the longevity of it. You know, that's we're talking almost twenty five years, and just having uh, those stories and growing and growing as a young woman and uh, having the character grow up. You know, um, I, I gave birth on the show uh, when I was when I was really pregnant. So you know, a lot of my life mirrored what was going on on the show, and uh, that wasn't an easy time to do. You know, for me during that, and uh, I, I I guess those those aren't those are memorable. Uh, but uh, you know, as far as all the good times, there's just so many. I mean, the show has changed so much. We've been through so many different producers who always bring a new flavor to the show. And then, you know, when you're under a new produ- producer, you have a different way of going about taping and right. it's a whole new, uh, you know, procedure. So a lot of adjustments, a lot of reinventions. Uh, writers have always been very good to me, um, and, and really, you know. It's all about story, 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 story. Right, right. It, you know, it, it. You know, it's when I first started watching. When I first started watching the show, 
it was during the time when uh, John Lindstrom was playing the the two characters of uh, of, of Ryan Chamberlain and as well as Kevin Collins. So I was I was somewhat involved in that storyline. Uh, yeah, with, good one. With you. Well, it was actually before he started playing the two parts because he came on as Ryan first, and when that started, and then they brought in the brother uh, a, a year later. So, so I got started in that, but really, I really started watching it consistently during the BJ storyline when that happened, which I really thought was a groundbreaking performance by everybody involved, Brad Maul, Jackie Zeman, yourself included, because when you broke down, when you found out that it was BJ's heart that was placed in, in, in into Maxie, it, it was gut wrenching. That that had yeah. that was very 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 gut wrenching and was just so enjoyable to watch to see that happen. But it was also it, it, I, I had to cry. I I had to cry. Yeah, it's you know that that story took about mm, probably about a week to tape and. Um, we we kind of lived it, so we were exhausted, and we were there early in the morning till late at night, and it really helped us be very raw with our emotions, mm-hmm. and um, you know that I think that really showed uh, on screen. It, it was it was a really interesting time. It really did, and I know we hadn't seen you on the show for a little while there, uh, a few years back, but then we, we get you back. We, we're seeing you consistently now. It's amazing how much of the turnaround has been with this show, especially when we did not know where it was going to stand for that long period of time because once the other two ABC shows uh, left the network when they were canceled, you know, obviously we were kind of thinking, okay, when is, when is General Hospital's time going to be up? But then Ron Carlovati, Frank Valentini came in and just did this huge, huge turnaround for the show, especially in time for the 50th anniversary, which took place this uh, this past April. Yeah. And, you know, utilizing so many talents of the vets that had been a part of the show for such a long period of time, bringing you back, bringing bringing back the nurses ball. That was just, it's just, it was just a great thing. What was that like being able to experience all this stuff again, continuing to be a part of this, phenomenon that is gh it's you know just we're it was a whole group of people that were uh just a part of the historical part of the show and we had been friends and we had lived together for so many years and uh, our lives had all kind of gone their own separate ways and to come back and work together again i mean there was a euphoria and a giddiness and a happiness on the set uh you know like especially during that week of the nurses ball and, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had Rick Springfield singing. We had Jack Wagner singing. And, you know, it, it, we got to dance and, and be silly and just enjoy. It was like a big reunion uh, that we got to show on screen. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> much of us fans, myself included, enjoyed having that back and just watching everything that has been playing out within the last several months, if not the last two years almost ever since they came in at the helm. So it's been an absolute thrill. The ratings are proving that, especially with what, what's going on with uh, Robin's return as well as the, the trial that just took place with uh, the custody hearing uh, between Maxie and, and, and Lulu. It, it's, just, it's just been a wild, wild ride that I'm hopefully going to continue on for many more years to come. But in lieu of that, you've also been busy outside of General Hospital that I was just 
informed about not too long ago and, and that you and your brother were filming a, a documentary. Yeah, uh, my brother Joe Crump. Um, when I left the show a couple of years ago just to go back to school because I, I had never uh, got my college degree okay. because I started so young on General Hospital. So I went back to get my degree and I changed my major from theater to history. And then on uh, the, my senior year, I had a thesis that was due, and it, I wrote it about the internment of Germans and uh, German aliens, German Americans uh, in America uh, during World War II. Because um, it's, it's a common misperception that only Japanese were interned during World War II. So. Mm-hmm. You know, the German-American and non-citizen wartime experience remains largely overlooked by historians and generally unlooked, uh, unknown to most Americans. So I thought that it was an important issue to uh, write about. And then it just sort of turned out to be this film. That, you know, I talked to my brother. He wanted to make a movie, and I said, well, let's do it. And so we made a full-length feature. <laughs> what brought about bringing this out into the open now after so many years like why pretty much why now like what is the reason behind well well first of all i found the issue during the the thesis and uh so that was a a new thing for me so i started uh, reaching out to all these people that had been interned during that time a lot of them were children of internees Mm -hmm. um and we had about 18 interviews we traveled around the country and, uh, you know, their story has never been told. It's not a part of uh, history books. It's not a part of uh, school curriculum across the United States, uh, whereas the Japanese is, and it should be. And mm-hmm. um, in 2009, uh, the Germans went to Congress to try to get some acknowledgement, and uh, it was flat out denied. So they... All they wanted was uh, basically an apology and some acknowledgement that it happened, and the government won't do that, and they still won't do that. So we felt like, well, you know, there. uh, I've asked several people about that that might have some thought about it, and uh, you know, the the Japanese internment clearly was a racial issue, uh, but the Germans, you know, it's it's very questionable about. Who's a Nazi? Who's not a Nazi? Who was loyal to uh, Germany during that during the war? Many people had lived here in America for over 30 years, had not gained their citizenship, right. and yet they, you know, were a member of organizations because they were loyal to their country, and they were excited during the beginning of Hitler's reign because he pulled them all out of economic crisis. And it started off, you know, Hitler's reign started off a good thing. And then, of course, of course, it went horribly tragic. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I felt like it was important because it's, it's another civil rights violation that's happened here in America. And these people have lived with this shame their whole lives. And it trickles down through the generations. And, and the children live with it as well. And, and there were families that were taken in and they were interned the biggest family internment camp was in texas at crystal city mm-hmm. and they also went down to latin america right and uh you know that was uh, our government had permission from the latin american countries to go down there to 
to Latin America, arrest and, and bring back Germans and, and Japanese and Peruvian Japanese and intern them, and mostly uh, took them to Crystal City, Texas. And many, many of them were later exchanged for prisoners of war overseas. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a story that I, I think it's, it needs to be told. I think people need to know about it. And hopefully we can contribute to that. Um, we'll see where that goes. On the website at uh, childrenofinterment.com, there are some um, stories that, that are posted, uh, one of which was an internee herself, Heidi, I'm, I'm probably going to say her name wrong, excuse me, Heidi Girk Donald. That's good. And, you know, just, just reading this short little, the short little story, it's just, it broke my heart to, to hear that as a child, you know, she, her father and her mother, you know, they were replaced on the American blacklist in Costa Rica. And, and, you know, they were falsely labeled as a most dangerous enemy alien. I mean, yes. to, to have to go through that, especially as a child, when she was only two and a half years old, two and a half right. years old. Right. It was, it was, that's a pretty tragic story. They, her mother, and her two sisters and her dad and her uncle were put on a ship and brought up to San Pedro under horrific conditions. Um, and then they had to put them on a train. They did not give them a trial. They charged them with illegal entry after they took away their wow. proof of citizenship. And uh, so they were interned at, in Crystal City, Texas, uh, for a while. And then the, eventually her father got a trial and uh that he was released and as as a as as a man at large in the country so i mean it it's it's just uh the government was just trying to keep this sort of under wraps and and not let anybody know about it in fact a lot of the fbi agents that went to arrest these men uh and women uh did it in the middle of the night so no one would see them and then, eventually, neighbors and uh, friends of those families would find out about it that weren't German, and they, you know, started to alienate them and ostracize them from the community. So then the, the wives wow. were left there, uh, you know, with a completely abandoned. They have no means of support, and um, they, you know, they would like, ransack their homes, so eventually these wives were allowed to voluntarily join their husbands in the camps with their children. Uh, so that happened many times as well. Going into this, especially when you started to do the interviews with, with all of these people, did you go into it and not think that it was going to be this severe of stories that they were going to, to tell you? Or you had some kind of inkling as to how how bad it really was, but you didn't think that it was this severe once you heard the story. That I, hopefully that made sense. I, I'm trying to word the, the, the question. Because for me specifically, it, it, you know, especially reading this story, I, 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 while just now learning a little bit more about this, especially where there were other nationalities involved, you know, it's just amazing to, to me to hear that, this this really happened, and you you're just sitting here going like this this really happened. I cannot believe this really went this this really took place, or this really, you know what I mean? It, it's like this, and it's and it's swept under the rug basically because nobody 
knows about it. Nobody knows anything about it. Right, right. Yeah, I I was pretty nervous because originally it started with that thesis paper, and I I was going to do it on the internment of the Japanese because I felt that was an important issue as well. And so as I started to do my research, I realized uh, that that the Germans had been interned as well. Of course, the numbers were a lot less. You know, we're talking about 11,000 people versus 120-some-odd thousand Japanese people. but uh, still uh, a crime all the same. And, um, you know, I, I felt like, um, you know, as I started to research, there was no literature. There was, I was spent time at the library doing all my work, and I couldn't find anything. So, you know, at school you have to report what you're doing. And, right. and I was getting frightened because time was going by, the paper was going to be due, and I didn't have any information until... I started talking to people, and then one email led to another email to another email, and I started talking to all these people that actually witnessed it, that were there, right. uh, you know, that their parents had, you know, experienced it, and uh, you know, I thought, wow, this is like, this is awful. So mm-hmm. um, it, it became, it unfolded into something really uh, interesting for me, and, and I'm, I'm glad I pursued it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, when are people going to be able to see this? That's a good question. Um, we're having a screening that's a private screening uh, in January at the Chinese Theater, which is very exciting, but it's private. So sure. um, what, what we're doing is um, we've submitted to the film festival circuit, which will probably take about you know, the next few months or so, and we're hoping to have something happen there. Uh, you know, and uh, meanwhile, we're pursuing distribution. Um, so what you can do is go into childrenofinternment.com and, and we'll keep anyone interested posted on that as to where they can see it. So that's sort of where it stands right now. Okay, great. And you also joined the Twitter circuit, which I was very surprised by, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, not easy for me. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just so surprised when that came out because I was sitting here. When I saw Michelle tweet that, I was like, really? I, <laughs> my first initial response was that. It, no ifs, ands, or buts. So it, it, was, it was just a, a huge surprise. And I was like, oh, please, follow her now, just now. <laughs> I'm sure that the, uh, the documentary was somewhat reasoning behind joining Twitter, I'm sure. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And General Hospital. And, you know, if you have something to say, I think Twitter can be very useful. True. Very, very that's, true. That's really what it's for. For me, it's not just a check-in for, you know, what I'm doing today. You know, it's, it's more about something. If I, if I have something I feel like is important to say, I'll post it. Um, so you probably won't hear from me too much, but I'll, I'll post <laughs> what I can when it comes up. <laughs> how, has the, how has the response been on Twitter for you so far? How have you been enjoying it? Have you seen a lot of? It's, it's really wild, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's yeah, it's like instant uh, instant uh, gratification, and people have been so friendly, and I'm, I'm really honored and flattered to get those kind of responses. Um, so, but, you know, I have a lot of friends that are also on Twitter that, you know, working on General Hospital, so they sort of help pave the way as well. So it's, it's, it's an interesting quest. <laughs> <laughs> You'll learn more along the way, trust me. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's one of those things that you gradually got to get into. And then when you do, then it's like, ah, Twitter, you know, I can do this in the back of my hand, like reading a script. So <laughs> it's pretty much one of those things. So, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get the hang of it. You, you'll, you'll, you'll love it. I mean, this is coming from this is coming from a guy that has like over a hundred thousand tweets. So <laughs> nice, congratulations. Um, you know, this is that's only because I live tweet everything I watch. So it's like, oh, oh yeah. So this is what Felicia's is wearing today. Hashtag GH. And, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. So this is like you know one tweet after the other. So that's pretty much how it builds up. But the, you're right. The interaction is really what keeps a lot of it going because you know you get fans who watch the show or fans of your work just coming in and just commenting on pretty much everything that they know about this character or this actor or actress. So it's, it's just, yeah, you know, there's so much history. Yeah. There's so much history on our show. It's, it's so enriched and, uh, you know, it's the fan experience is, is what has made it that. So, um, the fans have always been so good to us. So we're really honored by that. Soap and I, I know I can speak for the other cast members. Soap fans are hardcore loyal. They are mm-hmm. probably the most loyal fans that anybody could possibly have. And, okay. uh, you know, a lot of reports have been coming out. You know, recently um, General Hospital have, had uh, a huge rating surge that they hadn't seen in the past six years or something. It was, I'm, I'm probably wording it wrong, but basically the premise is General Hospital has a nice, nice spike has a really huge spike. And, you know... I'll that's, that's because of Frank. It is. Frank is, yeah, Frank's done a great job. It is, it is, absolutely. Yeah. I cannot commend him enough, both him and Ron Colavalli as well. You know, yes. You know, and, and, you know, again, more reports are coming out talking about how there is a resurgence in daytime or how the daytime drama was brought back to life. And honestly... I understand where they're coming from with that, but I never thought initially it died. I think people are su- suggesting that it died because we had soap cancellations and everything, but I don't necessarily think that it died. I don't I, No, there's just more competition. Right. There's a lot, a lot of other shows to watch throughout the day, a lot of other g- general areas of interest, you know. So it's, it got watered down a bit, I think. And it just somehow managed to just bring itself back into a point where everybody's buzzing about it, pun intended, y'all. But everybody is. They're buzzing about it. It's just, it's just nonstop, and I love it. I love the response that it's showing, not just for your show, but for all this, the remaining daytime shows that are on the air. It's a, it's a huge feat, huge yeah. And I'm glad that you're here to celebrate that, by the way. And yeah. hopefully we get to see more of you on, on General Hospital. And... When you do, um, when this does premiere, that when we can watch it, please let us know. We would love to see it. Okay, definitely. Yeah, and like I said, you can check out childrenofinternment.com and, and see where that where it stands there, too. And you can follow her on Twitter. Me on Twitter. At number, <laughs> at number one, Christina Wagner. So it's yeah. at number one, Christina Wagner. So make sure you guys give her a follow right now. And thank you so much for stopping well, by thank you. to talk about this. It was an absolute pleasure, and it was very, very insightful. I, I really enjoyed it. Good, good. Thank you. And have a great holiday. You too. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That is it for me right now, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot believe that I did another live show. Ah, Yeah, I'm calm down. 
I'm calm down now. But, you know, it, it was nice to come home again to do a live show, so thank you so much for having me on your computers. And I, I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, somebody who likes to make fun of me when I do podcasts. They like to go around and say that I don't do them unless I'm in my shorts and underwear. <laughs> I just want to let you know I am fully clothed. I'm wearing a sweater. And I'm, wearing a, I'm wearing blue jeans and boots. I don't have my fedora on because it doesn't fit with the, with the headset, but you, you, get, you get the picture. But th- that's a long-running joke. That's a long-running joke here on the show. So ever since, ever since this came out, probably about a year ago, it, it's pretty much stuck with me ever since then. So I just wanted to bring it out there. So I know many of you know what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about, just so you know. But thank you so much for tuning into the show again again many thanks to christina wagner for stopping by absolute pleasure you can of course log on to childrenofinterment.com to learn more about this documentary as well as following her on twitter at number one christina wagner that's it for me for right now i'm the belgian lee making sure you keep getting the latest buzz at buzzworthy radio at our new website at www.buzzworthyradiocast.com so make sure you guys Log on over there and check that out. We are also on Twitter at Buzzworthy Radio, and you can like us on our Facebook page entitled the same name. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. From Twitter to iHeartRadio, Buzzworthy is everywhere. everywhere. Miss the show? Log on to BuzzworthyRadioCast.com for past shows and videos of some of your favorite stars. Stay connected to Buzzworthy Radio. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.